heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. So the thing I'm wondering uh, right up top here in the program, my fellow Americans, is how much of this is fear mongering and how much is reality when we talk about China's military buildup? Now, I ask that because when you start to look at a lot of the headlines, a lot of the uh, stories out there in the news cycle, uh, you'll see a lot of fear mongering, a lot of headlines that that say something that I, I sort of pause and question, is that real? And of course, you have to do that today with any of the news cycle, whether they're talking about COVID or whether they're talking about uh, the southern border or, or China, Russia, or just about anything, clearly. I'll give you an example. In Reuters, they had a series, uh, How Beijing's Military Buildup is Ending U.S. Supremacy in Asia. Now, that, that surely gets my attention, okay? And I, I would imagine it gets your attention as well, how Beijing's military buildup is ending U.S. supremacy in Asia. And, and it says, straightforward, under Xi Jinping, China has closed the gap on U.S. firepower and in, and in various areas, areas of strategic warfare. Uh, another example, Politico says China could soon outgun the United States. And these are all recent pieces in the last many months, over the last uh, really eight, 10 months or so, okay? And, And that piece goes on to say, this is the most rapid, sustained peacetime military buildup since the 1930s, okay? The U.S. military's engagement in multiple conflicts over the last 20 years has set us up for an unpleasant surprise, Politico says. And listen to this. Overseas conflicts like Iraq and Afghanistan have effectively stunted the U.S. military modernization, forcing tremendous outlays for O&M at the expense of other priorities. Uh, And no state on earth has benefited has benefited more from our asymmetric preoccupation than China. Interesting. Hmm? And this last one, the USNI News, the U.S. Naval Institute says, this was just back in September, October, uh, Pentagon report, China now has the world's largest navy as Beijing expands military influence. China is bent on creating a world-class military that can conduct joint operations across the globe and already boasts the world's largest navy, according to the Pentagon's largest annual assessment of the Chinese military. Bottom line, the Chinese Communist Party has become increasingly confident of achieving its goals of having a world-class military by 2049. And of course, that magic number is always 2049. You understand why, right? Because that's the 100-year mark from 1949 with the revolution. That that, that was Mao. That was the landmark they made in 100 years to be dominant. And, and, you know, we're closing in more and more uh, on that milestone of 2049. 
It ends up saying a key component has been China's continuing maritime buildup from its surface forces to ballistic missile submarines. Uh, and, and it gets into specific numbers and so on and so forth. So that's a place to start. One of the interesting components of the conversation we'll have today that you don't hear a lot about as well is the nuclear buildup. Anytime you're thinking a nuclear buildup, and really over the last 30 years, it was a lot of the agreements we had in place was were between Russia and the United States. And and you know, and I even thought of this many years ago that China really wasn't the big problem there, wasn't influenced into that. Uh, they had a different uh, mission or um, it seemed, I don't know, the, the, the marching orders or the mantra have changed is my guess, uh, more so, or at least they, it seems to have swung into to, to high gear with, with what's going on with China. Of course, you combine all this, my friends, with what's happening with COVID, with, with the uh, bioweapon release and what's transpired over the past uh, couple of years now. Uh, and, it, you know, you begin to do some pretty quick math as to what really is happening. As we've been talking about this for a lot of years, you know, who's, who's the biggest adversary or enemy we have in the U.S.? And of course, the political operatives in Washington kept saying Russia, Russia, Russia. But quite frankly, as I've said years ago to you all, I think we have more in common and more strategically we could have done with Russia if we didn't, you know, keep trying to reset the relationship. Uh, back to that cheap red staples button, that reset button that Hillary Clinton bought in, right? <laughs> uh, we had a lot more opportunities to do something with them, potentially, and more in common, believe it or not. Now, uh, people can argue this back and forth, but that's what I've seen even many years ago than we would have had with communist China, you see, with the CCP and with their goals. So that's a place I want to start today. We'll have on the show here today, uh, Colonel Lawrence Sellen, will be here looking really forward to getting his perspective. Very interesting uh, piece that has been written. He has some great writings, is Professor Larry Bell, and he'll bring us up to date with some of these activities and the growth of what's happening there. And also who will be opining in on this big, big conversation of China's military buildup is Dr. Li Meng Young will also be here. So we're looking forward to having a real strategic um, conversation Sometimes it may be quite opinionated. Hopefully it will be, uh, but it will also be uh, based on data and facts and what's really developing. And at the end of the day, uh, over the next hour, I want, want us all to learn something, what's really taking place here, you know. Now, let me bring on here uh, first here, Colonel Lawrence Sellen. And uh, you, you probably know he served in both Iraq and Afghanistan. He worked as a research physiologist at the U.S. Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases. His work is not only credible, it's well-respected really throughout the world. And, and he's, I mean, in my words, I would say to you, I would say he's become well-known in his uh, uh, research and his uh, data mining and, and the way he follows China specifically. So it's a pleasure uh, Colonel Sellen, to have you on the back with us here on the Voice of a Nation. Oh, thank you, Malcolm. All right, so let me start here. Uh, you know, China's recent aggressive military buildup, uh, many would say, or underscore Beijing's determination to become the world's leading global economic and military power by mid-century. Now, you and I talked about that just a couple of few months ago on a recent broadcast, and I'm pretty sure that you agreed with that assessment. When I say some of the reports up front, I want to stay on some of these stories, Colonel Sellen, I just shared with listeners. 
I mean, you know, again, I know some of these things when we talk about the media are fear mongering, and then you look in some of them and you say, well, some of this information is coming from Pentagon reports and like the U.S. Naval Institute and things of nature that are a little bit more credible than just a, uh, uh, you know, a, a media rag somewhere. Um, but, you know, China could soon outgun the U.S., Politico says, uh, you know, Reuters, how Beijing's military built up has ended the U.S. supremacy in Asia. And then the Pentagon report, China now has the world's largest navy as Beijing expands military influence. Put this all in uh, context for us, please. Uh, I just what, what's the context of what we're reading here, please? I would agree with uh, the conclusions of the Politico article. Uh, stating that this has been the largest military buildup in in world history, uh, especially in the short time it it has been done. And it's certainly true that China now has the uh, largest navy in the world. Now, I I think there may be a quality gap between China and the United States still, uh, but uh, China is also closing that gap very quickly. If you look at the technologies that they uh, are planning to planning to use and developing right now, for example, a, a hypersonic uh, a missile uh, aircraft carrier uh, killer uh, to destroy, uh, you know, the fleet in, in, in our uh, Pacific fleet uh, using these hypersonic uh, uh, missiles. Uh, you take out an aircraft carrier and that uh, really dilutes the capability of the U.S. Pacific fleet. Uh, so that's one example. And uh, one of the prime objectives of China for the, since 1949 is to take Taiwan. And uh, they have a huge buildup related to a potential va- invasion of uh, Taiwan. It, it's been estimated that uh, China is ready to deploy 10 times as many ships as the U.S. can deploy in any defense of, of Taiwan. And they fully intend to um use actually the U.S. strategy, they've copied it with shock and awe. They're going to have a tremendous uh, air campaign against Taiwan, destroying all its uh, uh, air capabilities and uh, defense capabilities on the island before they uh, plan to invade. And I think it's, it's, it's just a matter of time for China to do that. The only thing that's holding them back is the reaction from the rest of the world. And as soon as China sees that the end... United States and the other democracies are not willing to come to the defense of Taiwan, I think you'll you'll see an invasion. Now, if you look at the overall strategy Mm -hmm. that China has, it is a combination uh, to achieve economic and and military domination. Uh, Economically, it is in the form of the Belt and Road Initiative, which is their soft power concept, which leads the way to the hard power of of military bases and you can see what they have been doing in the south china sea they built a lot of artificial islands islands or areas that are also claimed by other countries which they ignored uh, they have, uh, have an operating uh, military base in djibouti which is at the mouth of the red sea and the entrance of the of the suez canal uh, they have a a, a, a naval facility in, in in sri lanka at hambantota uh, with the uh, with the uh, the change in 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 Afghanistan, with the Taliban taking over there, we're now facing a, a China Pakistan uh, Taliban alliance, and China intends to build 
uh, military bases uh, in Baluchistan, in, which is a province of Pakistan on the Arabian Sea coast, which is right at the mouth uh, of the Persian Gulf. So you can see that they're using uh, the Belt and Road Initiative in, in, in South Asia, it's, it's called the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, and they're following up these economic initiatives with military bases, and they're running all the way from the mainland of China through the South China Sea to uh, Myanmar, which is you know in, originally called Burma, uh, to Sri Lanka and uh, Pakistan and into Africa. So they want to control all the vital sea lanes of the northern and Indian Ocean, which connects back uh, to the South China Sea. So, uh, you know, the, they've made huge progress in terms of uh, their economic policies through the Belt and Road Initiative and then expanding their military, following up on those uh, uh, economic uh, arrangements that they made in, in a number of countries. So we're dealing with a, a huge threat and there's a, a meeting today in Washington, D.C. called the Quad Meeting of the United States, India, Australia, and Japan. And hopefully out of that, there'll be some strategy developed to help to begin to thwart uh, China's ambitions in this regard. One of the things that came to my mind as you were talking is this is all happening very strategically at a time when we don't really have a strong foreign policy now. Of course, they're fooling people and they're coming out with talking points like saying they're readdressing our global aspirations here in America and reconnecting the dots is what Biden tells the U.N., but we know that's a lot of hogwash and just political talk for nothing. Uh, that's one of the problems I see over the next few years. So based on what you just said, it seems to me, Colonel Sellen, that China is very strategic in their approach to how they do business. Back to their 100 year plan. And, you know, all right, COVID was laid down. You and I've talked about that, the bioweapon, what have been developed here, what happened. It looks to me like this is a very sophisticated chess game. And they played this thing out. And when you look at the and we're playing into their hands here, when you consider what happened in Afghanistan and as you say, the, the, the Bagram uh, air base there. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of reports that China is probably the one that's going to benefit the most by that. And we gave up the most strategic relationship we could possibly have. Uh, this all plays right into the hands of what's happening. So what I'm trying to say to the American people is that strategically, our leadership and the change of government and what's happening to our military right now, would you agree with the fact that it could not have happened at a worse possible time? No, I agree completely. It, 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 it happened at the worst possible time. If you, it has actually encouraged China to be more aggressive. Exactly. Yeah. If you look at what happened recently in, in the disastrous evacuation uh, of Afghanistan, uh, they, the military gave up uh, the strategic uh, air base at, at Bagram, which yeah. could have been secured and defended. The avenues of approach for the evacuation could have been secured. So they traded that off, gave that up. And incidentally, when they gave it up, the prison uh, in Bagram was emptied. Uh, and one of the prisoners was a suicide bomber who killed uh, the 13 Americans in, you know, at the Kabul airport so he was in prison and then because we left Bagram he was released from that prison and then carried out the suicide you know it's like, it's like we're it's like we're playing to lose with everything you just point out colonel so it's like it's like it's like we're playing the game to lose i mean as as a as a military officer yourself i mean i mean is that a sense you get as well i mean 
what, what do you come away with thinking when we, we, we are just falling all over ourselves and we're not making any of the decisions? It's how do you come away with any well, of the thoughts? Yeah, it's hard to believe exactly because so many mistakes were made. It, it was hard to believe or hard for me to believe that it was strictly incompetence. Uh, you know, there seems to be, you know, in my opinion, malfeasance here that they're deliberately, uh, you know, creating these mistakes and creating a situation where you end up with uh, American hostages in Afghanistan, which may now be traded off for, you know, for American tax dollars to buy them out of Afghanistan, which benefits not only the Taliban, but Pakistan uh, and China. Uh, we're faced now with this alliance of China, Pakistan, and, and the Taliban. Uh, there, there's no effort or no strategy to, to counter any of that. You have the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, General Milley, telling China we're going to warn them uh, of an attack if we plan to attack China. I mean, it's 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 totally, you know, insane and defies, you know, all uh, military doctrine and and. and policies and strategies. So, you know, I, I'm, I, it's very hard to me to explain uh, what they have been doing. So we're now we're faced with a major problem uh, in South Asia uh, because of this withdrawal uh, that we have China moving in economically. They, they, was, they, was, they will uh, recognize the Taliban government. They will start extracting the mineral wealth and the trillions of dollars from Afghanistan. They'll secure the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, which is the flagship of the China's Belt and Road Initiative. And from that, they'll be directly connected from China to the Arabian Sea at the mouth of the Persian Gulf, where, as I said, they're planning to build uh, military bases. So, you know, we've created a monster in, in mm. our policy. And not only that, I mean, the 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 20 years that we've spent doing counterinsurgency in places like Afghanistan and, and Iraq and then losing uh, has given China a chance to, to for a huge buildup in, in their conventional and nuclear forces. And, and we have not done the same. In fact, we're worse off than we were 20 years ago in terms of fighting a war with China. So we're in for very rough waters ahead. Yeah. You know, I, I was um, appreciate everything you just said. And, you know, truth be told, prior to uh, us doing the program today, I, I was very curious what your perspective would be on some of this, uh, because, you know, as a military guys, military officer yourself, you're you see the best of our country uh, as a patriot and uh, you're you, you're not a fear monger at all so i i knew we'd get some um, a real dose of truth from you and what you say right now should anger every american and everybody should be angered with what we're talking about right now uh, friends i want to bring on now uh, professor larry bell let me tell you about professor bell is an endowed professor at the university of houston political analyst uh, oh, great, pr prolific author of books and a columnist here uh, at America Out Loud and Newsmax as well. He's just a terrific uh, strategic guy. Um, so, uh, Professor Bell, you uh, you know, that last piece you have, this is what I based today's program on because you really got me thinking. Uh, and it was a strategic weapons buildup by China threatens world balance. Uh, so that that really did get me thinking a bit. And, and you say here, the commander of the U.S. strategic Command uh, Admiral Charles A. Richard warns 
as a strategic breakout by China. He says Beijing is engaged in a massive nuclear arms buildup, which is kind of where I started some of the program a little bit ago here. That includes submarines, bombers and ballistic and hypersonic missiles, uh, which American defense officials project will double, if not triple or quadruple within a decade. (laughs) Wow. And satellite images uh, are revealing that China is building more than 300 new intercontinental ballistic nuclear missiles, the ICBMs. Uh, silos in its western desert. Now, Professor Bell, you dived into a lot of facts and numbers here on some of this. As you were doing that and looking at the buildup, uh, give us give. Let's give listeners first of all a sense of of what uh, of uh, what sort of buildup are we talking? I mean, it's a lot of a good uh, numbers and data are in that terrific article. Everybody should read. Uh, but give us a sense of what we're talking about, Professor Bell, please. Yeah, Malcolm, thank you. Uh, I find your conversation with Colonel Sellen very interesting and very parallel to my own thinking and and observations. And uh, I'd like to backtrack to what you were talking about with Afghanistan and your earlier comments, uh, uh, Malcolm, about the long-term planning and objectives of 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 the Communist Chinese Communist Party. Uh, we're seeing quite a quite a change in, in the mil- on the uh, uh, atomic weapons uh, side of it, in that uh, nuclear weapons side of it. In that China, in the past, has had a, a kind of a minimum uh, response strategy. They have pledged that they weren't going to uh, develop massive uh, nuclear uh, capabilities, but it was only a response force. We're seeing Quite a quite a dramatic change from uh, the, the the previous time when they were going to have you know perhaps a few hundred nuclear uh, weapons to presently where we're seeing a, a very rapid growth. But if we look at the long term plan, we're we're seeing uh, now this this buildup, which seems very deliberate, of course, where where we've uh, uh, satellites have observed. 300 new uh, nuclear missiles, ICBM uh, sites in the Western desert. And uh, plus an unexpected revelation of, of uh, an, a new site uh, with um, intercontinental ballistic missiles. And some of these are quite advanced and they have multiple warheads and capable of uh, one missile uh, delivering 10 individually targetable warheads. So, it's it's quite a it's quite a, a massive buildup, and as Colonel Sanders said, we're then we're putting uh, hypersonic weapons in the mix and so on. That then with the capability of and also attending uh, very strong naval capability, and 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 then we have the unforced errors like the the you know the you know the withdrawal from Afghanistan that uh, that uh, surrendered the, the Bagram Air Base to. A very strategic air base, which I think uh, General Milley has said wasn't strategic, and that's a rather mm-hmm. remarkable statement. Uh, and that it was our eyes and ears over that whole that whole area at a time when Putin told uh, Biden that we couldn't have any basing capabilities in in the in the uh, Russian controlled areas, all the so-called stand five stand regions, and so and so we're. We're facing both a long-term plan as well as a lot of uh, uh, 
fumbles, uh, and you wonder how these terrible fumbles and, and uh, botches could have occurred with the withdrawal. Uh, you can say on one hand it was politics of setting an artificial uh, withdrawal deadline and then getting caught short on that and uh, leading to, you know, to to the cut-and-run disaster that, that followed. So it's partly the unforced errors, and it's also the long-term long-term plans and uh and one of the i think one of the troubling things that i think represents quite a change in china's policy was that they had said well they're only going to develop a a response force exactly with stick with nuclear and so on they're going to develop just a response force but uh you know the the new systems that they're deploying are, are systems that are a lot of them are rail and road mobile configurations that can be can be sequestered and hidden in tunnels and so on, which hardly suggests that they're they're only going to do response force. It very look, much looks like a uh, uh, offensive capability at the time where uh, we see also the you know the threat to Taiwan, which is very apparent. Chinese uh, propaganda machine has basically told Taiwan don't don't count on America to defend you and protect you because look what happened you know, the you know the Saigon redo of the Biden administration in Afghanistan so you can't count on on, on American defenses they have this plan to hmm. to become a military uh, dominant uh, nation at the same time they're building systems that are clearly offensive rather than defensive and uh, you know, threatening Taiwan and, by extension, Japan and Australia and, and, and other countries. So it's uh, you know they're playing you know they're playing uh, chess or go, and we're playing uh, you know tic tac toe. Tic tac toe, a good example. Uh, I thought you were going with checkers, but I, but I do I do get the tic tac toe reference, uh, uh, Larry. Uh, stay, stay right there, Larry. You're uh, what you're saying, uh, basically, I think everybody hears, I think we're all scratching our heads, basically looking for an answer that uh, is very difficult to find uh, because it doesn't exist, which gets back to what Colonel Sheldon was saying, the word malfeasance uh, versus, well, this is all accidental. And then you hear Professor Bell say, uh, sell there, this is a multi-prong deal going on here. So it's not just an isolated incident, in other words, not just, you know, that's really the problem I want to talk to you about right now, friends. It's, it's not just a blunder, you know, like, oh, you know, th- th- this was just a, a, a bad calculus. I made a bad mistake. Okay. So we left Afghanistan in a bad way. Okay. We gave up the, uh, the, uh, Belgrum air base there, and maybe we shouldn't have because China will probably be its future occupants. Okay, very strategic in nature. You know, a lot of the things we're doing, if you isolate them, you can try to find a reason or an excuse or an apology or a blunder or something. You, you know what I mean? But when you connect all that together, my, my friends, it, it the reference that uh, uh, Professor Bell gave out there, uh, you know, a, a very sophisticated game of chess on the world stage versus tic-tac-toe, uh, you know, potentially would describe what's taking place. That's the importance of the conversation today. I, I just try to get through to people to understand this is not about fear mongering about China's built up or any of that. This is about really looking and understanding uh, what's taking place out there, what, what, you know, where we're at. Now, 
uh, you know, and, and how do we fix it? How, how do we fix it? What do we do? I mean, you know, clearly people say, well, the only way to fix it is you've got to have new leadership kind of thing. Um, sure, you know, and, and that gets in a whole nother level of conversation. Um, but uh, what's transpiring right now and things we've talked about over the last couple of years, even before COVID, when we were talking, when they were talking Russia, 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 and we were talking, no, 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 CCP, CCP, CCP. Uh, you know, those of us who follow this stuff realize that the, the enemy wasn't going to be Putin specifically. Uh, we, we've been managing that relationship with Russia for a long time. But sadly, the Hillary Clinton campaign uh, all the way back in 2012 and then 2016 decided to use that, uh, use them as a uh, uh, strategic prop, a tool, if you will, Russia I'm speaking about, uh, to gain some superiority in our elections here. And that's all being proven right now with the whole Durham thing and everything that's played out, my fellow Americans. So you, you begin to look at all this and you understand the danger, the cancer, the fault. Who do you blame? Well, it's right back here. It's right here with our leadership in Washington, D.C. That's who you blame. There is no one else to blame. You're not going to blame Russia for this or China for this. They're strategically taking advantage of our ineptness and our stupidity. And, and, and our lack of execution and vision. And, you know, the, the problem is nobody seems to be leading the way. And we have a foreign policy that uh, is dangerously uh, inadequate. And we're losing our edge. In fact, if you look at the last budgets right now and the woke military that they're putting in place, they're, they're not expanding the military budget at all. Everybody else is in the world, but we're not. This, this has got to be, you know, we got people in there that are now just trying to get social programs and build big government and bankrupt us. And then you look and say, what is their end goal? Do you, do you see what's happening? What, what is the end goal? Is it to make us a third world shithole? Because we're, we're doing a fabulous job for that. If that's the goal, we're, we're right on, on task for that, people. So let this be a rallying call or a wake up call or a slap upside the head or something for people to pay attention. Malcolm, if I may inject something, I, if you look at this at a, at a very high level, the people in Washington, D.C., uh, both Democrat and Republicans, uh, they see China as the ascending power. And they see China also has, as a model of, of government. Mm -hmm. If you see the trends since World War II, it's been towards this type of world government, where you're starting with the UN, you have the European Union. Uh, they, the people in Washington, D.C. agree with that. They, they don't uh, believe in, in nationhood or concepts of nations. They look at the United States, uh, and many people do, look at the United States as not a country, but a, as land and people to exploit. And, and they see the model of China as the one uh, to be able to, to use in a so-called world government, call it communism, call it globalism, or whatever you want to call it. It's state capitalism plus totalitarianism. And I think that's the way uh, that we're going. If you look at what the Biden administration is doing mm -hmm. with the open borders, uh, with the uh, other uh, policies that they're implementing in the country, basically what people think is destroying the country is really uh, destroying the United States as a nation. And, uh, and these are people uh, within not just Biden and his family itself, but the people around Biden 
who are compromised by China. So a lot of that is, is what's driving the situation. And I think uh, before we can actually, you know, create solutions for what's happening in the United States and our deteriorating situation relative to the rest of the world, uh, we have to address the quite frankly, the 2020 election. Uh, if, if we don't do that, I, I can't see, uh, you know, how we're going to address any of the multiple problems that we've been talking about. And I, you know, I can go into talking about what we should do against China, but I think, uh, in the end, uh, if we continue to have the government we have, which is un unconstitutional and, and carrying out unconstitutional policies, uh, no rule of law, uh, I don't see how we can effectively implement any of the ideas uh, that we may mm -hmm. be able to uh, propose. Uh, I, I also want to get this whole thing where, uh, you know, Selen brings up the whole malfeasance. And, you know, I guess what I would say to you, my, my friends, is the intentionality of all of this. You know, I mean, does anybody, anybody, it doesn't matter what your political stripe is. I mean, it really doesn't matter. Democrat, Republican, independent or communist. Uh, but I mean, you know, would anybody with any sort of intellect that's just average and above think that all this is accidental? You know, incidental, just happened to fall that way. We'll take a quick pause here. We'll come back. I'll get Dr. Lee Min Young to opine as well uh, in a big way here. And then we'll get back to strategy and solutions and ideas and uh, and really try to bring it forward here. All right, let's, uh, let's take a pause here, my fellow Americans. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is McCullough Report. Are you tired of your tired vitamins? Consider Healthy Cell. These are pill-free vitamins that are in convenient gel packs. Uh, I like the Focus and Recall supplement. I use this a lot. You know, your brain uses a lot of energy and it depends on a variety of micronutrients and vitamins. Boost your short-term focus and long-term brain power with Healthy Cell's Focus and Recall Vitamins. So go to HealthyCell.com, use the code OUTLOUD, all capital letters, OUTLOUD for a 20% off your first order of any Healthy Cell product. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology, designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. The 
the America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the Constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com It's a fight for the soul of humanity. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at liberty at americaoutloud.com. Liberty at americaoutloud.com. Welcome back to the Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud, yours truly, and thank you for being with us on the mission here. So big conversation today, uh, talking about China's military buildup. But listen, the goal was to really, I want to get into some of the weeds with you in detail and not just, you know, blow smoke for an hour and uh, waste time. I want to talk about really what's happening and how mind-blowing all this is, uh, you know, really where we find ourselves in. A lot of people are in denial still. They have no idea the stuff is happening. You know, we were talking about this just not too long ago, people, as a hypothetical. Well, maybe, uh, possibly, well, could be, might happen, and eh, not really. <laughs> uh, America the Great, no, it will never happen. We're the best and the greatest. And, you know, that's kind of the attitude, people. That's kind of the attitude. We think our, <clears throat> you know what, don't stink. I mean, on the world stage, I mean, people really believe that. You know, so, I, you know, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm a bottom line kind of guy. I, I get to the point, get to the out loud truth. That's what I do. You like it? Great. I mean, but that's what it is. Let me, let me get right on the program here now. Dr. Lee Meng Young joins us. Uh, she's an independent virologist. She's the whistleblower who called out the CCP uh, and uh, with the whole COVID thing and the bioweapon, which, you know, we've been talking about uh, and we cover in COVID a great deal on the platform, as you know, on, on America Out Loud. We're all over this uh, topic here. Um, so, Dr. Lee Min Young, you hear some of the talk. Let me ask you specifically now. You hear some of the talk where, you know, always you, you hear Colonel Sellen's perspective of the fact that, you know, th this can't all be, you know, unintentional at this point. I mean, use the word malfeasance. He also said we created a monster. Now, I think back to the multiple administrations, both Republican and Democrat, by the way, that that created that monster. But then we talk about the CCP and we talk about the 100 year build up to 2049 from the revolution with Mao in, in uh, 1949. Now you see with all of this and the bioweapon, but now the military build up specifically. Uh, what do you get from all of this? What 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 what's the sense of you knowing China the way you know, knowing the CCP? What what feelings do you come away with? Hi, Malcolm. Thank you for putting me together with Connor Selling and Prof. Larry Bell today. And uh, I really uh, want to tell you that, uh, yes, I'm happy to see Americans wake up. And of course, I know experts like the pro, uh, Prof. Larry and also uh, Connor Selling. They have done very deep research to understand the, uh, the matter motive and also uh, preparations from China to try to overcome the world. And I want to provide some more uh, opinions and the evidence to our audience Excellent. that let you know why China want to do that and uh, 
I know I always tell people the best motive you have to ask the killer themselves. I mean, ask China by yourself. But I can tell you some evidence I have now. Um, for example, as we know that China has their plan for uh, world dominance uh, by 2035. This is not the secret. And somehow China has accelerating that since the COVID-19 happened. You know, all the things we are talking about, no matter the 2020 election, or the, now we see the world become like into uh, more and more chaos, uh, for example, uh, all kind of uh, mandate and other uh, hilarious policies are going on. And also we see the very uh, uncertain future. Uh, but all these things actually start from the COVID-19 outbreak in China, right? And what China has done is China spent decades to develop such unrestricted bioweapon. Although they are now still uh, making the new uh, equipment in to uh, expand their military, and then they still uh, try to uh, make, get more nuclear weapons and other, uh, nuclear uh, weapons and other uh, advanced weapons. But China knows that from the military power level, they are still much weaker than America. Somehow from the biology and non-traditional bioweapon uh, bio level, they are far advanced than America and other countries because they can do the things without bottom line and without consideration of humanity. So let me tell you something new I uh, obtained recently. And uh, if you know that China has five years plan, so basically every five years is a national uh, big plan about all the aspects in the uh, whole China development. So this year, 2021, is the first year of the 14th five-year plan. So in China's 14th five-year plan from 2021 to 2025, they clearly mentioned that the last five years, because of COVID, China also suffered some, but compared to other countries, for example, America and other uh, Western countries, China has got big trophy and they learned the things from this big trophy. So in the next five years, China's going to find the opportunities and hold the opportunities to develop it and to get their, uh, achieve their goals to make the Marxism, uh, Maoism, and also their community of the common uh, destiny into another uh, trophy in this next year, uh, next five years. And also among the five years, the infectious disease prevention and the control is very, very important. They need to use these opportunities in the crisis. You know, uh, Professor Bell, pick up on where Dr. Lee Meng Young is. And, you know, even with Colonel Sellin was talking about this globalist feel, I think that's what's really happening now is that we've been talking about a global uh, USA and uh, in our leaders are obviously taking us into areas that uh, many of us would prefer not to be. Um, but it's happening. And, and I, I've been looking at this for a while. And initially, I myself was in denial, not thinking that really that I think, you know, also, Larry, let me say this. Yeah, I wanted to say this earlier with uh, Colonel Selden, but I didn't have a chance. Um, you know, this whole switch of America and where its position is in the world back to the United Nations and all these global empires. 
That's why I just want folks to remember, this is important. That's why Donald Trump, by the way, was such a threat to the system. You remember he bought in the America First, uh, make America great again, all of that stuff. Well, the globalists don't want that. They clearly don't want to make America great again. And, and they, that's for damn sure. And, and uh, it's not America first to them because America first means then you're not looking at the global collective, the collective being collective, which is, you know, the whole uh, you know, mode of Marxism uh, in a one world government. But Trump was a big threat to the entire system. That's why he was. But now with the whole Biden thing and back to what uh, Selen says, uh, rightfully so, Larry, that 2020 election, we're now back at this pivotal point again where, uh, you know, we still don't have any of those answers. You've got the Biden regime in there and his cabal are now, um, you know, they're changing things left and right. I mean, they're changing the, you know, everything. They're remodeling the entire structure of our country uh, to look and appear to be a global empire now. And uh, I think what we knew is uh, America first is so far down the road. Uh, we don't even know what that looks like anymore. It, it's a big change in policies here in, in, our, in, in the world, really, isn't it? It's not what do we do about China? It's what do we do about America? You know, and and it's it's the uh, you know the you know the issue of the uh, uh, multi-layered approach of as we look at we try to divide this. We say, well, there's military, economic, so on. No, they're all they're all part of this. They're all they're all connected together. All these issues are connected together, uh, and the you know the weaponization of the of the COVID pandemic, the uh, 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 military buildup, the economic uh, 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 domination issue, and all, all of these are, are knitted together. And if we look at them as single issues, I think basically we're playing tic-tac-toe. I would, I would come back to the, you know, the, the issue of, uh, you know, tying another issue into this is, is, is the energy issue that's mm-hmm. of course right. tied to the you know the climate nonsense mm-hmm. and uh, as we're uh, putting uh, electric vehicles on the grid and all this craziness with electric vehicles that depend upon uh, 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 Chinese rare earth materials well so a lot of that Larry hold on now a lot of that is also designed to weaken us as far as I can see and you've been talking a well, great exactly. deal in yeah, exactly. you've been writing a great deal about the rare earths, but I, I don't think the average American has a has a clue of what we're talking about. So we're we're destroying our our energy infrastructure. We yeah, yeah. kill the, the the Keystone Pipeline, of course, and drilling in Anwar and so on. We we give uh, Putin a pass to build the Nord Stream two pipeline to <laughs> Germany, and we we destroy our own uh, energy capability. Right. Uh, at the time when when you know, China is a major trading partner with Iran and so on. So we're, we're, we're destroying the lifeblood of our, of our economic development, which is, which is the energy industry based upon uh, uh, climate change and so on. So as we look at these things as multi, you know, as we have to look at them as they're multi-layered, but they're all part of the same bed. In other words, well, they all get to the same conclusion. There's an end conclusion the, here. Yeah. They all get to the same conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, and and so the, the, the I think the in summary the yeah. the solution is make America. It's really it's really what can we do about not having not losing America because if we if we do the things that we were doing before and 
and and uh, become energy independent and mm-hmm. and uh, divorce herself from from uh, dependence upon the United Nations to you know to to set our our energy and economic policies and so on. Uh, I think I think that solution is is to concentrate on what 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 it is that makes America strong and special, rather than um, uh, allowing China to uh, direct our our agenda. Yeah, well, a, a lot of this too uh, is um, this divide we're having of conversation in our country right now. This divide. Uh, which is significant. I mean, like, for instance, and, and Colonel Sellen, I give you an example here, back to Professor Bell's point here. You know, if you actually love this country, if you're a patriot, if you stand for the flag, if you're patriotic or what have you, you're just about called right now a white supremacist. Uh, supremacy, you know, that that's how they've labeled you pretty much. If you're a, really a patriotic person who loves the country, you've been labeled as such. Or if you have an America first agenda, you become some sort of a uh, bigot, racist uh, sort of a thing. It's remarkable how they've labeled all this. And the biggest danger, Colonel Sellen, we have with all the conversation where we talk about solutions and you had mentioned earlier is the media. The media is lock in step with this globalist agenda. And uh, this whole Marxist uh, uh, program and attitude, um, it seems what we're talking about right now is is uh, unconscionable and the odds, it's insurmountable uh, what we're dealing with right now. Colonel Sheldon, what's the answer? What, what, be, beside the election, you mentioned 2020, and, and I'll tell you, they're not revisiting 2020. It's done. And that election, and, you, and I know a lot of people like you say, well, we've got to go back. Well, they're not going back there ever. And all these things, they keep trying, but it's not going to happen. So what's the solution? What's the answer? Well, I, I think to, to get to an answer, we have to understand the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1858, Abraham Lincoln you know, stated that uh, the United States could not uh, uh, survive permanently half slave and half free, and that a house divided against itself cannot stand. Well, the situation we have now is we have a government separated from the people, and that can't stand. I, I, and the solution, in my mind, is in the Constitution itself, that we have to revert to the Constitution in the sense that uh, the federal government has, has become uh, too large. Uh, th- those powers were originally designed to be uh, for the states uh, and, and localities. So we have to revert to that the concept within the Constitution that states and localities have a greater power than the federal government, and the federal government only has those powers which are explicitly stated within the Constitution, and that's all been eroded. So I think we have to go back to that. And uh, quite frankly, uh, I, I, we're going to have to resist what the, the federal government is doing unconstitutionally. The, the mandates are one unless we start we have a choice either we resist these things or we submit and and Mm -hmm. if we submit to it we're going to end up with a one-party totalitarian state not unlike uh communist china so uh i think it's a time for people to to stand up and 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 resist what the federal government is and assume those powers one example is what's happening in texas 
you know, the border is out of control there. The federal government is, is doing nothing to prevent this invasion uh, coming in from Mexico. Uh, why isn't the state of Texas and the people of Texas taking action against that? And because it is a power that devolves uh, to the states when the federal government doesn't uh, obey the law, doesn't uh, uh, fill, uh, assume its responsibility in terms of, of you know, the border. So I, I think it, it, it's things like that that need to be done, that states have to take the initiative, localities have to take the initiative, you know, to uh, pick up the responsibilities that the federal government uh, hasn't been doing. Uh, so I think we can start there. Yeah, I, I think that's a fine place to start. And, uh, uh, you know, that's why we spend the time uh, talking about the Constitution on America Out Loud. Now, uh, I would give you an example. Uh, every year, September 17th is Constitution Day. It happens every year. And, you know, I just, uh, if you heard my program last week, in fact, we honored that day by having a special program over the course of about five hours. We had all program dedicated just toward the Constitution. We have a couple of constitutional experts on the platform here. We teach this all the time on our site. You know, you just hear some of the words from Colonel Sellen there. I just look right now at the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. One of our uh, d d distinguished writers, David McGrath, a military hero, uh, veteran, uh, one of a guy, uh, he talks about not submitting. Colonel Sellen just said that. Look at his article right on the front page right now. Do not submit. Your kids will thank you for it. And then, you know, go read his piece, see what he's saying. But he's telling us right there, don't submit. Look at the pieces from Paul Engel, our constitutional expert, and Tim Alders, uh, both constitutional experts, and their shows on the network and the work they're doing. Uh, this is the kind of heavy lifting we're doing here. Uh, Paul Engel's got a piece right underneath that. They're coming for your freedom of speech and press. Well, they're not only coming for it, they've already come for it, and they have, they're dragging us down the road. I mean, with what's happening there, um, you know, there's all of that uh, that's that's uh, developing. So there's a lot there. And by the way, Dr. Lee Meng Young also is a, uh, a contributor. She's not only a commentator here, she's a writer for America Out Loud. Her last Yan report and a very interesting article is on the platform. And I want to point it out. It's on the sidebar there now. It is no great mystery. SARS-CoV-2 origin is the Wuhan lab. And you'll see the PDF in that document. It's the third Yan report. It's fantastic. Uh, and if you go under our team, uh, you'll get all the write-ins and all of the pieces from Dr. Lee Meng Young, who's on our platform. And you'll also go look up uh, Larry Bell. Uh, Professor Bell's got all his write-ins. He's got a, a terrific uh, library and archive of work there, uh, which he's pointing out the, the heavy lifting we're doing here. So all of that is vitally important to share with you. And I want to mention that to you. But I, I really uh, just uh, so appreciate where Colonel Sellen ends it on the point of talking about uh, the second greatest document ever uh, to be uh, here on Earth, uh, the United States uh, Constitution. That's the second greatest document ever that we've had. W what's the first, you ask? Well, that, that would be the Bible. Yeah. You take those two things and you you stay back to the origins of the United States and what our framers envisioned. You want to keep this American experiment going? 
Well, that's how you do it right there. You, you, you go take a look at the Bible and you take a look at the United States Constitution next and bring us back to, to our Judeo-Christian roots and, and who we are as a nation and, uh, and the vision of what that is. And the point that Selen, don't lose what Selen was saying there at the end was so important. And I've, I've, been, I've been up on the mountaintop screaming this on uh, best as I can, but is the federalism. It's the, the, the big bloated federal government that's out of control and states' rights. And a lot of people don't understand this. And not only here in our country, but around the world, they don't understand that. You see what I mean? That they, they, they don't understand what that means. Um, it, it means that the real power is at, is at the local level. It's at the states and it's in your communities, people. That's why we always say run for office in your local environment. Control the environment around you. See, that's what the Marxists figured out, the far left wing Democrat party, the cuckoo uh, people there on the left. They figured that out years ago and, and they've been doing that. And, and, and they built up a lot, of, a lot of nest eggs across our country in these local uh, areas. And then the district attorneys, a lot of those in the courts were all politicized. That's, that's why we're having these struggles today. Uh, we all got to do our part. And, and we're surely doing that over at America Out Loud. Now, Voice of a Nation that you're listening to now, 6 and 10 every day, Eastern Time. You can hear us anywhere in the world, as you know, on iHeartRadio or our terrific apps. And God, our apps have been on fire. Apple, Android, or Alexa. The apps are free, but it tunes you into all the radio and podcasts. There's a link on there where you can go get podcasts as well. All of our shows go to podcasts a day or two later. You get them on podcast networks worldwide. Uh, all kinds of places. I mean, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, everything you can imagine. iHeart, all the podcast uh, the networks are available. All our program is unique. It's all original content. And uh, and uh, that's why we're talking about these kinds of world affairs and, and everything else that's important to you out there. But thank you, my fellow Americans, for being with us on the mission here. It is always my pleasure that you'll drop in and make us part of your life and part of your busy day. We thank you very much. And always remember the rallying call here. It's time to get involved and get loud.